The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hi, I'm back. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom, and the name of our show is off the big from the trenches. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Today's talk is going to be real, a really simple one. How are you living? How are you living? And before I get into the content, I just want to just uh, give a disclaimer up front. Although I speak mostly to my group, American born blacks, I don't disparage or against any group. The reason why I speak to my group, all the research by economists show that American-born blacks now are a permanent underclass. Permanent underclass. They have no wealth. They control no resources. And all the policies that came through civil rights that initially came to really address uh, slavery and Jim Crow have been weaponized to benefit everyone but group we got out there and fought for them, American born blacks. So, being out in the trenches for the last 22 years doing direct mental health, mental health services for families, getting to see exactly the plight of our families, no one is speaking or fighting on behalf of American born blacks. Not disparaging any other group, not against no group, have no axe to grind with anybody. But I find it ironic that the group who's been there since. 19, excuse me, 16, 19, now are a permanent underclass. I find that ironic. Well, 400 years, and we have been totally, totally ostracized to the bottom as a collective. So, again, when I speak about content, it's really to uh, inform and also my group to take action to move themselves to a higher position because no one's coming to save us no one's coming to make life better for us and no one's coming to give us anything to elevate the group because our legitimate grievance that Dr. King was murdered for has been completely removed off the table and we have been submerged into people of color rainbow coalition Minority, etc. We were never made whole by from from action, or the nineteen sixty four Act of Civil Rights, or the voter or the voter right voter voter uh, uh, voter right Act. Those acts that our folks got them fought for did nothing to elevate the group to a higher quality of life. So I want to put out to the atmosphere just a simple simple statement: How you living? How are you living? How are you faring? Are your needs being met? Are you comfortable? Meaning, can you have life on your terms? Do what you want to do. Go where you want to go. Even before the pandemic, America-born blacks in the state of Boston 
based on research by the Federal Reserve Bank, medium net worth was $8. So that tells me, right, that the group has never been comfortable. And we live in one of the most richest cities in the country, Boston. And all you see right now is wealth, building, building, building. That's wealth talking. And our group owns nothing. We got a place called Newman Square. But not one business in that square, really, for the most part, is owned by black Americans. Nothing. Nothing. And so how can a group that's been there since 1619 and 2022 end up totally on the bottom? I'll tell you why. Now, racial laws. We are the only group that's been adversely impacted by laws that were deliberately passed to ostracize and exclude us from participating when America was raw and up and coming. It was undeveloped. And so we end up being totally locked out. And now we are permanently locked out of wealth. Because now everything has been what? Solidified. Everything. And so I just want folks to think about how you're living. How are you living? How are you faring? You're one of the richest city in the country, in the country Boston. All you see is affluency and prosperity. But where you live, for the most part, most folks are on what? Section 8, food stamp, child care vouchers. They need some assistance from the federal government. And I've come to believe that my group, America Born Blacks, we should be for no political party. We should not be for Democrats or for, for, for Republican. We should be simply for policy. What policies are you aimed at us only? Because there's one thing I've come to realize, this term called specificity. Who's it for? We're never going to do well as a collective in anything called universal, meaning for everybody. You know, jobs for everybody, housing for everybody, education for everybody. That don't work for us. We are too far, too far behind. And economists shows that after 400 plus years, American-born blacks as a collective group are now a permanent underclass. So I want to put it out into the atmosphere for you to think about how, how are you living? How are you faring? Are all your needs being met? Can you meet all your needs? Can you live where you want to live? Send your kids to the school of your choice? Eat what you want to eat? Go where you want to go? Drive what you want to drive? Can you do those simple things that speaks about quality of life? Can you do those things? And if not, then you're struggling. And I speak from experience because, well, I came from down here. When I started 30, 30 years ago to reinvent myself, I too was down there, you know, making $28,000, 30, $30,000 a year. And again, I had to take a look at myself and say, if I don't upgrade my skills, if I don't do something to better myself, yeah, I got a job, but my skill set are not really, you know, in demand. It's just a job. And I contend that most black Americans in the city of Boston just have a job. 
There's something just going to bring in a few dollars, but nothing right that will allow them to prosper and to thrive and to elevate themselves or to live where they want to live, send their kids to school of their choice. Nothing. So, and this here is not to demonize or vilify our people or to point fingers or, you know, to disparage anybody. At some point, the people have to look and be honest about where they are in any situation. And to say, if I don't do something different to improve my plight for me and my family, this is the life I'm going to have to the day I die. And think about this here, my American-born blacks. We have been struggling in America since 1865. That's over 150-plus years we've been fighting to try to, treat, try to be treated and received and included as citizen of America, a citizen, with all the personal benefits of whiteness. That included not just voting, but access to capital, right? City contracts, state contracts, federal contracts, private contracts, right? Housing, right? All the things that make up being a citizen that whites receive, we have been fighting to be treated as such. And it's not happened. And we get stuck on this term called voter suppression. As though Voting is going to, A, pay your mortgage or your rent. And those voting going to allow you to send your kid, your kid to school of your choice or to live where you want to live or to travel as often as you want. We have been told to hoodwink and bamboozle on the whole essence of voting. As though that's all that Dr. King and our ancestors who was out there with him was fighting for. That's a false narrative. They were fighting for us to have quality of life, to be comfortable, to be included in the prosperity of America in all its components. And so, as I look around here in Boston, the vast majority of our people are just getting by. They're struggling. In the last election, all we got out to deal with a free bus ride on the 23 and the 28. That's an insult. That's an insult. You got not not one penny of the $2 billion that the city of Boston spend with outside contractors. Nothing that brings in wealth or that will address the racial wealth gap. No specific policies aimed at us only. And we must be clear here. All the folks down at City Hall, they're good people. All the folks that got elected, they're good people. But none of them have the courage and conviction to stand on any policy that's aimed at American-born blacks only. But they will fight for policy to deal with gays only, illegals only, dockers only, Ukraine only. Anything that deals with black Americans only, they kowtow and they run the other way. And I'm saying to you, 
as a member of Black Americans in the city of Boston, it's time for us to really look at how we're living as a collective. You can't be doing okay and the bulk of your people are just getting by and struggling because they're going to affect your quality of life because they are not faring well. And many are not faring well because, number one, their skill set, but number two, we're not fighting for policies to make life better for us. Despite the research and data shows that we are permanent underclass or bottom class, we won't fight for ourselves. And the few institutions that we have, the church, Urban League, or NWCP, they have been virtually rendered useless in our plight, in our fight. There's no organization that will fight exclusively on behalf of American-born blacks. No organization. But you look at any other community, be it the Asians, Caribbeans, Africans, Haitians, on their web on their website, the organization the organization that you know, they're catering to Haitians, they're catering to Caribbeans, they're catering to Africans, they're catering to Asian. It says that nowhere they use a thing called people of color, or we also work with Black Americans or whatever. None of these other groups do that, and not disparage them. Them and the reason why, because they don't come to America to become allies with us to fight a fight we've been fighting since 1619 white racism and not disparaging them not begrudging them because they figure hey that's not our fight that's your fight they did nothing to us the wealth that America stands on okay the labor that produced that wealth hey we didn't do that it had nothing to do with us that's your fight so again we want to call folks brothers and sisters when, in fact, other than black skin and speaking English, right, we got nothing in common. Lineage, different. Culture, different. Food, different. Music, different. Outlook on life, different. What brought them here is not what brought you and I here. Different. But we have been hoodwinked and bamboozled on this, on this brotherhood and sisterhood nonsense. Folks come to America to acquire as much of the wealth and resources for them and theirs them and their group as they can. If you look at the current plight of the southern border, they're not coming here to vote or for democracy or for the Constitution. They're coming here for the financial potential, what they can earn to make their life better. And many will send money back home to the less fortunate neighbors, I mean, family members who didn't get here. And that large surge of illegal immigrants in the last 50 years has rendered black Americans useless. You're not needed. Be you cheap labor, entry-level labor, or even educated labor. They don't need us anymore. So how are you living out here, black American? How are you living? How are you living? And that's something that you need to sit back and ask yourself, how am I doing? How am I faring? Has it always been this way? Have I always just got by? Do I need subsidies, subsidies to even exist here? And if the answer is yes, but then you got a problem. Like I had. I had to come to realization, right? I'm just getting by. If that. 
And any unexpected expense, right, would throw me into a tizzy. Because why? Had no wealth. Had no savings. And I was working, like many of you are. But on the low end of the wage scale, I had to go back and upgrade my skills. For myself, for my sake, my daughter's sake, and my wife's sake. If you don't possess high-income skills in the city of Boston, you're at a severe disadvantage, even before COVID. The vast majority of our folks, right, right, have always been just getting by. Most of our folks don't know what it's like to be comfortable where all your needs can be met. You ain't worried about paying bills or any unexpected expense. You can do what you want to do. You can live life on your terms. Most of our folks can't even say that. They have no idea what it means to live life on their terms. All they've been programmed to say, God will provide. God will provide. Well, in this physical world, where God gave man and woman total freedom and dominion, if you're not out just trying to fight for a new deal for yourself and black Americans, God ain't going to save us. He ain't coming. In this physical world, God gave us, what? Total dominion and free will. Which means, if you're not out here trying to do something to, to fight, to be part of the, the resources that have been spent here, be, you know, the trades, city contracts, state contracts, if you're not trying to be a member in that club, you're not going to do well in the city. I read a stat where it said to be comfortable in Boston, to be comfortable now, you need a family of four, you need to make like $137,000. $137,000 to be comfortable in the city of Boston. Well, that counts out. They're only, what, 99, 95% of black Americans? It, it, they're not there. They're not there. You're never going to get there until you realize if you're not fighting for a do-over, for a new deal that's aimed at giving American-born blacks a new deal, like the Marshall Plan that America created for Europe, allowed them, right, to revive Europe in about 30 years, brought it back online. Because remember, they was devastated. Devastated. So they got a Marshall Plan. I say black Americans need a Marshall Plan throughout America that's aimed only at us. But here's the rub. There's so much contempt and disdain for us that anything that, that might remotely benefit black Americans is met with pushback and contempt. Even some of our own people have been brainwashed to say, uh, you're playing the victim card. That's foolishness. We were victimized, but we never acted and behaved like victims. Throughout my whole life here, blacks have all been trying to make it without this bad hand. Yes, yes, we was victimized, but I don't know anybody sitting around saying, woe is me. Oh, white folks got all the money. White folks this, white folks that. They ain't saying that. Nobody I know says that. They've been trying to make the best out of a hand that was, A, worthless. So when folks talk about you playing the victim card, 
That's just typical white supremacy rhetoric. That is, that is, that is to deflect from the responsibility of who puts you in this hole. The white community. Sanctioned by the federal government. That's just fact. Those are the facts. And so again, one must sit back and ask oneself, how am I living? How am I doing? Am I comfortable? All my needs met. Can I meet all my needs and be comfortable? And not just getting by and not just saying, God will provide. I've been hearing that for as long as I've been conscious. God will provide. I got a roof on my head. I can't afford it, I got, but I got a roof. It's been subsidized by the government, but I got a roof. I got food in my fridge, but it's been subsidized through food stamps. Is that providing? Is, is that God? Is that the God that we serve? Where everything that we get has been subsidized by the government? Because we got no wealth? Because we got no inheritance? Because we have these low skills? Is that just how you want to live? Just getting by? I know I don't. I know I don't. What you going to leave for the next next generation in that position? Not much. So at some point, we must be honest with ourselves, as I had to be 30 years ago. I had to take a good look at myself and say, hey, man, it's where you at, dude. It's where you are. You got a newborn baby, just got married. Might be making about 30 grand, 29 grand a year. You know, if you don't make an effort to upgrade your skills, this is a lifestyle that you won't be able to offer them today you die. And so I had to make a choice. And so will you. But one must be honest, but one must be honest with oneself. And it's not to disparage you or to point fingers at you, but to say, hey, man, you live in the richest city in, in the world, Boston, richest city in the world. But you don't have the, the, the wealth to be comfortable here. And America is a great country. It's a great country. When you have sufficient wealth to be, com- be comfortable, it is a great place to be. Trust me on that. It's a great place to be when you have sufficient wealth to be comfortable. We have never had sufficient wealth to be comfortable. Never. Since 1619 and now, well, 40 years, we've always struggled, always just, just got by, just, got, just, 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 just getting by. Everything we've ever gotten, we fought for. We're the only group, although been there from day one, you had to have laws passed for us to vote, to live here, to go yonder, to do this here. The only group. Because why? Of the contempt and hate that's been, that been deliberately instilled in the psyche of the white community through white racism. We're the only group. You need laws to go here, laws to go there. So come on now. And I'm not disparaging any group. I'm not demonizing any group. I'm just saying at some point, one must look at where one is. How you living? How are you living? And do you want to stay in this, in this, in this condition all your life? You're going to stay in this condition all your life and pass that just getting by spirit down to your children. Just getting by to your, to, to, to your children. I know I don't. You live in the richest city in, in America, Boston. 
All you see is building, booming, building, big money being made. But you're being locked out. You're locked out. Why? No politician will fight on our behalf only. No politician will bring forth laws that's going to benefit us in the long run. And keep in mind, if a law is passed today, aimed at us only, it's going to take decades for, for to bring about some meaningful change because we've given 150 plus years head start. So what we fight for today is not going to benefit you and I. It's really right to set into motion something that will benefit our children, children, children. Benefit those who have not even yet been born. So not to benefit you and me. I'm sure Dr. King was out there being threatened, spat on, hit with, hit with bricks, whole nine yards, marching. I'm sure that he and our humble ancestor knew that what they were fighting for and doing was not going to benefit them, not one iota. They would not live to benefit from it. I'm sure they knew that. That the fight that they, that they was raging for a new deal for American-born blacks was not going to benefit them. But they had, such, they had such, such a strong love for the group. And they had gotten tired of, right, being a third-class citizen in the country that the wealth of it built off their ancestors' bodies. They decided it was worth the fight. And at some point, we as a collective we're going to get into, we're going to get into that same mi mindset. If we don't fight for us only, us only, ain't about no no people of color, ain't about no rainbow. We got to fight for Black Americans only, only, disparaging no group against no group. We got to fight for ourselves, and we must stop being the vanguard of anybody who's suffered any kind of oppression. Anybody who's suffered any kind of oppression, we got to come to the rescue. Well, we're not rescued. We're not doing well. We're not doing better. What got King murdered, those laws have not benefited us. They have not been us as a group, not one iota. Not one iota. And so we must stop being the vanguard or the savior of all groups who have suffered some kind of oppression. And keep in mind, you look, you look at that border, right? It's just not the Spanish coming here. It says over 150 different ethnic groups, over 150 different ethnic groups coming through that border. They're from all over the world, all over, Africans, Asian, folks from Europe. So again, that's not our fight. We must stop being the savior of all groups who have suffered oppression and worry about ourselves, and worry about ourselves. That should be the new marching order for American Born Black. It's time to worry about ourselves. We never did well in our country. Never. Never. Yet we fight for everybody and anything but ourselves. And so I'm just here to say, to all who just listen to my voice, it's time to pump the brake and just say, how you living, baby? How are you living? Are all your needs met? Are you comfortable? Can you get what you want to get? Go where you want to go? Do what you want to do? Provide for your family? 
on your terms? Can you do that? If the answer is no, it's time to realize, right, as I had to, right, I must do something different. Because if I don't, right, this will be my plight until the day I die. And I didn't want that. I said, Lord, I must have been about 16 at the time. I said, Lord, don't let me die black and poor. Don't let me die black and poor. Because why? I come from what I call humble beginning. My parents had no wealth. They was going to have it. Why? White racism made sure that their parents were going to be locked out of acquiring anything of substance. So there was no inheritance that they got, which meant I didn't get anything. And none of my brothers got anything. So I say to you this year, right? It is time for you and I to recognize that no one's coming to save us. We got to save ourselves or you're going to pass on what you got from your parents. Nothing. That's not a good place to be. Okay, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. The name of the program is called Observation of Trenches. And my simple message today is just real simple to my group, American Born Blacks. How you living? How you living? I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. So please don't go nowhere. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm back. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. The name of the show is After the from the Trenches. We're talking about a very simple concept today. How you living? And you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston. And again, as I said earlier, as a disclaimer, I have no, I have no actually ground against no group. The reason why I focus on my group, American Born Blacks, we now are a permanent underclass. And all the data and research shows that. From 1619, how can a group have been from day one, from day one, now have zero wealth, be a permanent underclass? Permanent underclass. Because of laws. Because of laws. And if we don't start to demand a new deal and demand that there are laws that aim at us only, our kids are not going to fare better. And it kind of says, you know, even if you had preparation today, it would take centuries, centuries for the current condition to change. But if you do nothing, you stay in this current plight of being a permanent underclass. And so here you are, city of Boston, one of the most richest cities in the country. And based on research done by Federal Reserve Bank of Boston in 2015, American born blacks only had medium net worth of $8. How can you live well or do well on that meager salary? I said earlier, I saw research where, research where it said for a family of four in the city of Boston, 
You need to have like $137,000 between the family of folks to be comfortable. To be comfortable. Well, that's not us. Never been us. Because, number one, the schools our kids attend have always been subpar. You know, you might have a few bright spots come out of there, but the collective have always, you know, been for the most part, you know, when you come to test scores, dismal. One of the things I think that Thurgood Marshall made a mistake on when he won that uh, Supreme Court, you know, with Brown Board of uh, Brown Board of Education, what he should have said, no, we don't want integration. What well, we want this here. When the state spent a thousand dollars on a white kid, you also spent a thousand dollars on a Negro child. The state build the white community a new school system. They also build the Negro a new school system. We should have kept control of our schools, educated our own children to be able to compete out here in society that always helped them in contempt and disdain to prepare them how to thrive and prosper out here in a structure called capitalism. I believe integration has been dismal for, for our group. I believe that. But, you know, just dismal. The group has got nothing out the deal. And so when I look back through all the readings, because keep in mind, I was born in 53, 1953. I was a kid when King was out there getting beat up, spat on, called names, etc. When he was murdered in 1968, I was just, uh, I think, 15. 15. So again, as I look back and think back, if a people had undergone 247 years of what I call crimes against humanity, slavery in America, and for some, by some reason, you found yourself emancipated in 1865, would that group choose to try to, try to pursue equality? Would that group choose to try to, to pursue a strategy of being a citizen of, of that country, given you don't spend 20, 47 years and the worst bondage known to man and the entire white community and everybody else has been sanctioned to treat you as subhuman? Would we, would you, knowing we know from that experience, choose to pursue equality or citizenship? I say no. We wouldn't have done that. But that's what we've done. From emancipation, we have been pursuing equality and citizenship. After 150 plus years, we're still not there. The question got to be asked, when are we going to get there? If you have not gotten there 150 plus years, it should be clear to you, as it's clear to me, it's not coming. But it should also be clear to you, as it is to me, it was never doable or achievable from the get-go because of the contempt and hate that has been allowed to fester and grow in the hearts of the white community who owns all the wealth and control all of the resources. So why would you choose a path of equality of civil or like citizenship given the fact that for 247 years, 
from 1619 to 1865, you received him the worst treatment known to mankind. Would anybody today choose to pursue those objectives? I say the answer is no. But yet and still, here we are in 2022 pursuing things that was not achievable from the get-go. I say we should get out of, of the whole game called civil rights, abandon that, abandon the voting game. We should all be about wealth through contract. We want wealth through contracts, city, state, federal contract. We want wealth. But by we can hire our own people, but also accumulate wealth. No other group you see coming to the border is coming here for anything other than to acquire, to acquire, to accumulate wealth. They leave the so-called civil rights to the black folks, to America more black. They leave the voting right to black, to the black America. Their whole purpose here is not to change the paradigm of white supremacy. They don't come in for that. None of these groups here come in to change the paradigm of white supremacy or white racism. They're coming in to participate in the economic gains of this country. If it means, right, replacing you or displacing you or even stepping on top of you, so be it. So be it. We are not brothers and sisters. We have stopped that brothers and sisters nonsense. We live in a very competitive, competitive, competitive society. And America is a caste system. And we have been cast as a bottom caste from day one. These other groups do not come here to change this paradigm. That's not why they're coming here. They will be one of the best surrogates to advance white supremacy going. That means, A, pushing you down, keeping you down, so be it. Not disparaging anybody. It is what it is. It is what it is. There are no black and brown coalition. Never have been, never will be. There ain't no black on black coalition. Never have been, never will be. Folks don't come here to change the paradigm of white supremacy. They don't come here for that. They come here to try to participate in the wealth of this country. Because they have no active grind with the white community. Hey, the wealth that built this country wasn't off my people's back. We didn't do that. So we got no problem with you, and white folks got no problem with them. They don't come here to change no paradigm. So again, why are we still uttering brothers and sisters? Why? Because we have been told wrongfully they have suffered oppression. They have suffered oppression. But they come here on their own. They voluntarily come here on their own. We didn't, we, we, we didn't have the option. And they can leave. We couldn't leave. We didn't come here on our own, and we could not leave on our own. Everybody coming across that border right now, right, can turn around and go back somewhere. There's a host country somewhere. American-born blacks are the only people that want, if they want to leave right today. Besides, 
the continent of Africa, so we're in Africa, right? They have no idea where they'd be going. No idea. There's no tribe that we belong to. There's no village that we can claim. We got no aunties or uncles or cousins or nieces or nephews on the continent. All these folks you see coming across that border can go back home somewhere. America is our home, period. It's our home. Although she treats us like puppy poop, America is our home. Our fight's here. Our fight's here. And I contend we need to stop fighting everybody but ourselves. Because our quality of life and every meaningful measurement that measures quality of life, research shows that American-born blacks is dismal. Dismal. And don't be fooled by so-called entertainers. They are a small, small number of the total 40 million here. They are a very small number. And so people can be deceived and think we're doing okay because why? You got ball players making millions, rappers, you know, blinging, blinging, blinging. You got, you know, actors doing well. But some of those folks, right, they're not American born blacks. They're black Africans. They're black Caribbeans. They're not us. So it can be misleading as to how we are doing, how well we're doing. And the research and data shows that collective is doing no better than they did in 1968 riots. We are in the same predicament. We're doing no better. No better. So at one point, at some point, the group must come to realize its position. We got no wealth. And never confuse income for wealth. If your income is needed along with the, with the subsidies, right, you're poor. We're working poor. Most of our people is either working class, working poor, poor, or just displaced people. That's what most of our folks. That's what most of our folks are. You got a few professionals, but the group as a whole, as a whole, are down there with the working class, working poor, just poor. After four hundred plus years, that's what we are. And that's not to, to to disparage us or to discourage us. What really impressed me that we have thrived and prospered despite. All has been against us. And we've also kept our humanity. We've kept our humanity despite everything we have endured. We've kept our humanity and our saneness. So when I think about what we've been through, right, a smile comes to my heart and my mind. Them some bad people. Them some bad people. Look what they endured, but look at their spirit. When folks run that white supremacist uh, uh, rhetoric, you're trying to play the victim card. That's just typical white supremacy talking. No one I know are sitting around crying in their milk. Nobody. No one I know is doing that. Never have. Never did. Didn't have time for it. You got to make something happen, baby. And so when I think about my group, I just... I just smile because my heart. 
We are the descendants of slaves, period. And look what, what, look what the descendants have done. Look what the descendants have done. Despite all of the hardship, all of the laws that was passed to keep us, keep us locked out, look what we've done. But look how we've also maintained our humanity. Humanity. Any other group? Civil war. Would have been a civil war. But not us. We've had more faith in this country than this country will ever have in us. We have more faith in America than she ever had in us. And yet, we pursue an agenda that was never that was never achievable. We should have never tried to pursue equality. We should have never tried to uh, pursue being a citizen. I say, in 2022, it's time to put down those cross and pursue wealth through contracts, city contracts, the fight for those contracts, state contracts, our share of a contract on the federal level. They spend billions of dollars with outside contractors. Whereby you can hire your people. You can hire yourself. You can do well. You can prosper. You can leave an inheritance to the next generation. Think about that. Think about that. How you living, baby? How are you living? Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Name of the show, Off the Victim of Trenches. You're listening to WBCA 102.0 FM. Again, you listen to WBCA 102.9.0 FM. And my topic today is a real simple one. How you living, baby? How you living? I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back in these final minutes. So please don't go, go nowhere. I hope that this conversation is just, just making you look at yourself. As I look at myself, you know, wasn't doing well. I'll be right back. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. I'm back. Again, I'm, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Name of the show, Off the Basement Trenches. From the Trenches. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Again, you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. And again, in these final eight minutes or whatever you know, I want you to just, just reiterate, although I speak to my group only, American Born Blacks, I'm not disparaging any any group. I'm not against no group. I got no actually grind. My focus on my group because why we are now a permanent underclass. And how can a group that's been up since 1619 be totally a permanent underclass? Laws. Laws that deliberately locked out our parents, parents, parents when America was up and coming. Just a virgin, untapped, undeveloped country. And so I try to just say to my group, we must think and do and behave differently. We've got to get out of the uh, knack of trying to save all oppressed people and worry about ourselves. 
Folks don't come to America trying to change the paradigm of white racism or white supremacy. They don't come here trying to change this paradigm. They come here trying to trying to extract all the wealth out for them and their group as they can, and rightfully so. And the white elite do not mind making them a partner because why? There's no grievance there. There's no grievance with the other group why these other groups were not exploited but take advantage of where the wealth that America now sits on came off their people's bodies, blood, sweat, and tears. So there's no, there's no grievance there. No grievance there. There's no grievance there. There's no conflict there, as there is with black America. So it's time for us to get out of trying to be the savior for all of all oppressed people. Let's stop trying to be the savior of all oppressed people and worry about ourselves. And worry about ourselves. Because we now, based on the research from economists, are permanent underclass. Everything I've read, just, it just is what it is. That being the case, we should get out of trying to fight for civil rights, voting rights. No, 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 no. America runs on what you own and control, baby. What you own and control. So we must get a new mindset in our country. And I'm not advocating leaving nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not burning down nothing, tearing down nothing, blowing nothing. I'm not advocating none of that. I'm advocating a new worldview for us. And that worldview got to be about right demanding getting city and state contract, right? federal contract, private contracts, the trades that pay you very handsomely. We must develop a new mindset here. But we can have something to pass down to the next generation and inheritance. It must be able to pass down more than just, well, do the best you can. God will provide. God will provide. He did it for me. Look at me. I got no inheritance to give you, but I'm still here. No, baby. No. It's time for a new, new deal. And I deal got to insist that it starts in our minds first. We want a new deal. That deal got to be around about wealth. Wealth acquisition. You got to fight for laws that are going to make sure the black Americans, right, have their own classification. We're not part of the people of color club no more, or minority, or black. No, 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 no. We should be able to name ourselves. Ados, American descent of slave, will distinguish us from black Caribbeans, black Africans, everybody else. We are a, a unique history, a unique people with a unique history. We need to be able to be in our own uh, category, the same as Native American. They are in the federal budget. They get billions a year. How is it that the people who land you stole and face genocide in the budget, but the folks who, 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 provide, who provide the labor that built the wealth, I've been ostracized and demonized, vilified. Come on now. So it's time for us to rethink what we're doing here. So again, I believe that we got a pump the brakes. Take a look at ourselves and say, how are you living, baby? How are you living? How are you living? Well, in these closing uh, minutes I got here, I hope you have enjoyed this year's program. 
I hope that you find my conversation stimulating. And again, I wish to offend nobody. I'm not against no group. I have no actual ground against nobody. My focus is in my group because why? We now are a permanent underclass. See the Boston? We're broke. Broke, 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 broke. So the only way you're going to change that is to demand a new deal and start in your mind. But you're going to demand policies aimed at us only. That's all. And not be ashamed to say that and let the, let the research, that data supports that. And it does. So I hope you uh, share my thoughts with your friends and family. Hope you tune in every week where I bring you more conversation, you know, about who we are, you know, where we are, what we are doing, and why we need to have a change of heart about what we're doing. So again, I look to offend no one. I'm not against no one. But again, it is what it is. We now are permanent underclass. And all the research and data shows that. See, the Boston is a great city. It's a rich city. And if you have sufficient wealth, it's a great place to be. It is a great place to be. If you don't, you're struggling. At some point, we must get out from under struggling mode. We need to pass on a different worldview to our children, our grandkids, and those who have not even yet been conceived. So again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You've been listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. In the program from the trenches, baby. Off the base from the trenches. And just a simple question to ask. How you living? Let me think about. So until next time, God bless you. Be safe and we'll talk. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119 Attention WBCALP 102.9 FM If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org